0: Hello, my name is Conrad Kinch, and this is Send Three and Fourpence, a semi regular podcast about gaming, books, and the law as we shamble hopefully towards eternity. Hello, my name is Conrad Kinch, and this is Send Three and Fourpence. Bit of a grab bag of an episode this week, as uh, I'd intended to write a a script for a second episode, but. uh, uh unfortunately i had other writing work which sort of had to take priority but uh hopefully i should have something sorted by next week uh in the meantime um i managed to run my first rpg in quite some time uh we watched the witcher and i took delivery of some figures so i wanted to have a little chat about that And uh, lastly, and most surprisingly of all, uh, the good people of Anchor have left me some messages. So we'll have a bit of a a mailbag roundup at at the end. So I ran an RPG for the first time in a while. Uh, And when I say in a while, I mean um, for a group of people, uh, not just for one player. And uh, that was a very interesting experience. It was an investigative scenario which I'd written myself and one of the things that I've sort of realised about investigative scenarios is that it's very difficult to structure them so that you get the emotional payoff that you get from detective fiction in a game because uh, I suppose investigations as investigations are sort of rarely satisfying you rarely get a clear answer I mean if you're uh, I don't know some sort of white-coated science type um, you and you're you're doing an experiment uh, I, I know that replication is a, a major um, a major issue it's it's very difficult to structure an experiment in such a way that you you get a, a clear and unequivocal answer Um not that that will prevent uh newspaper headline writers uh wildly misinterpreting your work um to uh for for headlines but when it comes to running an investigative scenario you have to work you have to i suppose keep things quite simple and keep the number of moving parts relatively small and work with discrete pieces of information because you want the players to have the sort of the um, intellectual treat of having a puzzle to solve but also feel clever while doing it so that they they don't sort of descend into complete bafflement, stay there for two hours and then figure out everything out, out at the end. They get a few pieces of the puzzle they struggle with them for a bit and then they succeed and then they move on to the next piece um, and it's an interesting challenge because I suppose trying to write it in such a way that the puzzle pieces only go together one way um, so that you, you have the chance of getting to that that satisfying ending um, because uh, I, I don't know if, if, if anybody's either done an experiment or uh, had a an argument with someone people will twist evidence to, to fit their um their agenda uh or pet theory and it's it's w- one of the things that constantly astounds me particularly when I was running Cthulhu regularly was that players would descend on one piece of evidence and then this would become the most important piece of evidence and we could disregard all other pieces of evidence um and they would just simply hammer at that they would form a theory early and then hammer at it until hammer at the available evidence until it fit the theory which was a very um very awkward way of approaching things sometimes but uh very entertaining to watch and uh very often they got reasonably near the um the answer because you know uh scenarios are written with the same narrative tropes as fiction um but uh my my wife, Mrs Kinch, is often is is absolutely brilliant at solving um, uh, crime uh, stories and crime fiction on uh, on television, because she's always drawing on clues that you could never use in real life. Because she's sort of going, oh well, it's got to be that person because he's too big an actor to be put in that role. If it's if it's a throwaway piece, you know, so that character is clearly important. Or, yes, the musical cue that played when that person appeared on screen would definitely suggest that they're untrustworthy, um, which, is, uh, which is wonderful. Um, but long story short, the game went very well. I was very pleased with it. Um, uh, it will we'll hopefully be seeing publication before uh, the year is out. And uh, I'm looking forward to writing some more. So, on the whole... Uh, a great success a qualified success and one of the one of the the the, the sort of challenges as well that I, realized, I noticed was as a GM you have to sort of keep batting your hands away from the players because they've got clues and they're trying to work out how they fit together and every so often you want to ask them a question or go oh do you really want to think about it like that and you have to stop yourself and go no this is your game and this is your challenge and you should be succeeding or failing on your own merits um because th- there's a, a terrible temptation as a games master to sort of try and help players and i feel it sort of robs them of their glory um i mean particularly particular as a player i'm very keen to sort of if, if if our successes should be our own and we should own them um so i i i found it uh, i found it a a, a a bit difficult to sort of stop myself from going but oh no stop and let 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 them succeed and they did for the most part um uh almost total victory almost uh, not not quite there but uh they did very well and i was very pleased with it. so mrs kinch and i have been watching the witcher on netflix and um, it's very good. I've I'm really quite enjoying it. We've watched the first four episodes. Um, neither of us have any background with the books or the games, so we don't uh, we don't have any preconceptions. Uh, we've we've come to it uh, completely clean. Um, although, as Mrs. Kinch put it, it's a story of a small businessman struggling to get local government to pay their invoices, uh, which. Uh, uh, I I I uh, I found amusing in that it is uh, a true but deeply misleading. Um, so, just some some thoughts on The Witcher. I mean, firstly, you know what a time to be alive. There there are multiple uh, high production value fantasy series on television. Um, if you told, you know, uh, you know to. Uh, Teenage Conrad that, he'd, he wouldn't have believed you. It's uh, he, he would have laughed in your face. But um, just some general observations on the first four episodes of The Witcher. And I will note there are no spoilers here. Uh, so uh, listen on in uh, in, in safety, uh, friends. The first episode is quite uneven. I was very surprised at how th- that they decided to lead with that particular story. But... Um, the uh direction and the writing improve as the as the as as it goes on um and i was quite surprised that they decided to open with that episode um but james uh, sorry henry cavill plays the gravelly voiced protagonist and um he is sort of a cypher um he doesn't there there isn't doesn't appear to be a huge amount going on with him, but it's it's fine. It's sort of how people react to him, is sort of what's interesting about it. Um two people who particularly sta- stand out are the character of Piglet, Anya Shalotra, um who is uh she's fantastic, she's probably the best thing in it. Um and the bard, Joey Beatty, um, who is also fantastic. One thing that 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 sort of struck me is that none of the characters are particularly sympathetic i mean the bard in particular is entertaining but unpleasant um and i think it's sort of a thing that you see in sort of contemporary television that i suppose we're expected to like flawed heroes which is perfectly understandable and uh, i think but it most of the characters are extremely hard to like um which is uh, you know I'll still watch it, but, I, I, you know, I, I do want someone to root for. Um, but on the things I didn't like about it... So the first episode was uneven. None of the characters are really sympathetic. I mean, The Witcher in particular is a sort of a teenage nihilist. It's sort of, you know, everything is death. Death. Death and pain. Um And, uh, you know, spends most of his time uh, in the... Uh, embraces of ladies of negotiable uh, affection and getting drunk um, without any sort of, uh, any larger purpose that, that we can see. The battles are ridiculous um, and very, like, there's there's a battle, there's, there's, there is a battle, I'm not giving away any spoilers here, but there is a battle which is basically two lines of lads with swords and axes and such just line up and then just charge at each other, pell-mell. No shield wall, no tactics, no um no spears um you know chaps getting stabbed through their breastplates and you know that th- they have that sort of game of thrones grand guignol sort of blood splattering everywhere but um you know if you're uh, if <laughs> if you've uh, ever taken any interest in medieval warfare uh, there's plenty to shout at the telly about um in this uh but you know that they, they the Witcher is hardly alone in that, and the 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 general production values are quite high, so looking to the good the and the art direction generally can be a little bit ropey in that sometimes the costumes don't seem to match the background or they're clearly quite new like they haven't been distressed and there isn't that sort of worn feeling that, let's say, Game of Thrones had, where these were clearly people who seemed to be wearing clothes that they had been wearing for a while. Um, but that that is a a minor quibble. To the good, the acting is good across the board. There isn't a a a, a duff a uh, a duff performance in any of it. And even if most of the characters are just awful people, they're quite engaging awful people, and you know the writing is light sometimes it's quite witty um but and and the story is generally engaging I think if you get to the fourth episode and you're not gripped maybe the Witcher isn't for you but you may be tempted to turn off after the first episode I would say persist there is a lot of good stuff here and there is some messing around with timelines uh so that that isn't immediately apparent and they don't uh, they don't uh, spoon feed their audience which I absolutely love that is a thing that really struck me about this this program was how little exposition there is in it it is all done through story there is no fat there the 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 economy of storytelling is fantastic and I they don't take their viewers for granted you're you're expected to to be switched on and looking and trying to understand what's going on, and it it really works as a, a storytelling technique. I was uh, I was uh, really impressed with it, and they also don't batter you over the head with the setting. They just sort of present it, and you kind of pick it up. Um, in that you know. There's no sort of opening crawl or some sort of sage like character delivering, you know, 10,000 years, but, you know, when the, the 10,000 years ago, when elves run the land, you just sort of pick it up uh, and people talk about it and as if this is a thing that you should know. And I love that. And um, that sort of incidental world building is, is just, it's really clever and it's nicely done um and uh I, I was hugely impressed with it so on the whole uh i think we're about halfway through um a qualified yes to the to the witcher um definitely something something to watch um you could see an awful lot worse on your television and uh i i'd uh, i'm uh, I'm hoping that my report of the second half of the uh, series will be as positive as uh, as this one. But uh, I, gen- I consider myself pleasantly surprised at just how good it was. And at Christmas, Mrs Kinch very kindly gave me some figures uh, from Conquest Games for uh, what will hopefully be A project, although knowing my ability to get round things, uh, it will probably be in a couple of years time for a a Robin Hood project. Now, these were from Conquest Games. They were 28 mil figures, um, both metal and plastic. So I I got two sorts. I got the plastic Norman infantry box, uh, which are... uh, when you think about it, a, a exceptionally good deal. This is a 40 odd figures. I think it's 44 exactly for 20 pounds sterling. Um and uh, for your money you get uh several frames of uh 28 millimeter, quite cleanly uh made uh plastic figures, um Norman infantry. Now I'm not p- particularly au fait with um norman arms and armor but they they seemed quite sort of realistic and well done to me so you had chaps and tunics you had chaps in chain mail um there's a wide assortment of weapons there of the sort that norman infantry would use so it's spears uh, a couple of dane axes the odd sword um but uh, they're quite nicely proportioned and if you had if you had let's say weapons from uh I'd say they'd be I haven't tried it but I'd say they'd be uh compatible with North Stars uh plastic frostgrave um figures if you wanted to sort of mix up the weapons a bit but um essentially they're just standard guys uh so if you were looking for a city guard or um some sort of generic medieval infantry these would do very well and uh there's also a couple of casualty figures in there and a couple of command figures so you have the sort of the lord with his sword and shield and uh, and you know importantly shouting and waving while you have the uh the rest of the plebs behind him with their their spears uh which are always grossly underrepresented in fantasy fiction um but uh the plastic itself is i think from Renendra, who seem to do most of the uk hard uh, plastic figures um and is very good quality I've put a couple of them together um they uh, they go together quite neatly with a bit of poly cement and uh, because they're not games workshop style and by games workshop style I mean there isn't a lot of extraneous detail on them they're very simple figures i'd say these would paint up particularly quickly um so if you you know just need a selection of you know uh town guards or something like that or for that matter uh, as i intend to use them for as historical normans um you get a, a lot of a lot of guys for your money The second lot of figures was uh, some white metal figures from their Robin Hood figure range, which are, just to to begin, excellent. Uh, They're cleanly cast, there's no flash. These are 28 millimeter um, uh, white metal figures on black standard 25 mm slot of bases, um, which should be familiar to anyone who's who's sort of used uh, Games Workshop stuff. Um and they're ten pounds sterling for four. And I think there's three packs with a couple of extra bits. I got I got some extra um, Norman nobles and baddies and some uh, ecclesiasticals. Um they they have some excellent nuns uh, which I am I, I intend to find a use for. Um but the characters are what you'd expect. You've Little John, Robin Hood, Will Scarlet, uh, Friar Tuck um and the rest of the boys in the band and uh they're just very nice now one thing that i would say particularly which which will resonate with uh gamers of a certain age in britain or ireland is that these seem to be heavily based on the old i think it was a granada television program robin of Sherwood with michael prate so there's a will scarlet figure that is the image of uh Ray Winston and I love it. Uh there is a a figure uh of I cannot remember the character's name, but it was he was a Saracen chap and he was cool as anything. He fought with two swords and he was he was a member of Robin's band. So you can get him. Uh they have one of Hearn the Hunter, who is this sort of weird druid type character, um with antlers on his head and uh you know they're just great um the baddies uh are are excellent now the baddies actually do not look quite as much like their tv counterparts uh which is a shame because i i was particularly like guy of gisborne who was played by an english character actor whose name escapes me but whose work i've always liked um and uh there doesn't appear to be a Richard or Richard O'Brien uh sorcerer figure in there, but uh, no doubt we'll we'll find something to uh to t- to sub in. Um but generally they're you know reasonably priced, about two fifty dollars a figure. If you want to buy them singly, some of them are available singly and they're $275. Um the castings are as good as you'll get. Um they're 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 very high quality and uh they seem to do exactly what they set out to do um if you're looking for figures for let's say something like ranger of Deep or just general dungeons dungeons and dragons you'll find a um you'll find a lot to like here so uh conquest games figures um you know two thumbs up uh a lot to recommend them and while we're on the subject of miniatures, uh, I write a regular column for Miniature Wargames magazine, which is imaginatively titled, Send Three and Fourpence. This month's issue deals with uh, what I call the art of coarse painting, which is painting for the chap who, you know, isn't an artist, isn't likely to win the Golden Demon, but just wants to get uh, a lot of troops on the table in short order. And it discusses some of the techniques I've learned over the years uh for getting war games tables in some sort of pre- uh, war games tables war games armies on uh the table in relatively short order um because n- none of these figures will be beautiful, but you will at least convert a giant pile of of uh gray plastic into something relatively presentable and uh you know the what you can do to sort of save time, because time is always the enemy. Um, so if you've any interest in that, yeah, you'll find uh, the Art of Course painting in this month's issue of Miniature War Games in uh, Any Good News Agent. And now we shall have a look at the post bag.
1: Hey, Josh Beckelheimer here. So I enjoyed your review of the Scarlet Heroes. Um, I have ex- have experience with the uh, Solo Heroes rules in the free pdf. It's like five or six pages, but it's more of an overlay to use for one-on-one gaming for whatever current old school style game system you run. I've used it with Swords and Wizardry with my daughter. We had a lot of fun with it and it worked great. We tried out different um classes as well and uh it was awesome we've even tried it with fifth edition but we quickly realized that eventually the game would just break because as the characters level they get more attacks that kind of stuff and we didn't know how to you know make that a little bit easier on i guess the npc world because you'd become a wrecking machine in fifth edition with those rules
0: Josh, thank you very much for your very kind message. I'm glad to hear that you've uh, enjoyed some one player, one D M play, um, and uh, it sounds like you and your daughter really have uh, have got that nailed. Um, to to have done it with uh, with a couple of different systems, I do find fifth edition characters just comparatively bulletproof compared to what I'm used to. Um, I mean, I I was raised on Call of Cthulhu, so. I always find D and d characters uh, quite um uh, quite chufty by comparison to to, uh, to the the, the uh, vulnerable, uh, vulnerable vulnerable souls that uh, I'm, I'm used to dealing with but um thanks very much for a very kind message i uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast and uh, i look forward to hearing more in future thank you.
2: Hey, welcome to Anchor. This is Jason of Nerds Variety VarietyCast. I apologize for not calling you sooner. I really should have. I kind of dropped the ball there, so I'm sorry I let you down. But here I am, better late than never, right? So, one interesting thing. You meant I really enjoyed your review of Scarlet Heroes. I thought you did a good job. You brought some very interesting points. And one of the points I thought was interesting was the idea of the background table, or skills table. And I've seen that in other games, you know, that predate Scarlet Heroes. That doesn't take anything away from Scarlet Heroes at all. I've, I've had Scarlet Heroes for a number of years and really like it. The Deep Sevens 1PG system, I recently used Dashio, their samurai version, or the Japanese version, to run a game for the guys, and it has that. So on that background table, you actually roll twice. You are on background and on status. And we're coming up to the anchor limit, so I'm going to switch messages. Anyway, in in Dashio, on your background table, you can be a, and I can't pronounce any of these Japanese words, but you can be a foot soldier, a clan retainer, a clan leader, a clanless samurai, a Buddhist priest, or a ninja slash mercenary spy. And each has different skills. So obviously that's going to add to your background, you know, add to your character concept and give you something to play with. And the status table is the same. Disgraced, veteran, scholar, gambler, wealthy, warrior. And of course they all each have different skills and things. And, and then they do that for all their systems. So, for example, in their Daredevils, ver, their version of Daredevils, their, you know, dime, he, dime dime Heroes, which is 20s and 30s pulp. You could be a scientist, an athlete, a daredevil, a hunter, a detective, an explorer, Mr. Man, crime fighter, vigilante, playboy, debutante, prodigy, gadget. Anyway, I, I do think those kind of tables bring a lot to a game, so I'm glad you mentioned that. And I'll just wrap this series of messages up by, again, welcoming you to Anchor. And I'm glad you're on the Audio Dungeon and on Dave's D-Percentile um, Discord. Excellent stuff. And I've, I've enjoyed my discussions with you on those media. And look forward to more podcasts and more reviews from you. you do a great job of reviews. It makes me reevaluate whether I should be podcasting at all. So there is that. Anyhow, we'll talk to you later. Take care.
0: Uh Jason, thank you very much for your for your very kind message. I'm I'm sure, as you'll agree, that your 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 uh failure to greet me immediately on joining the anchor community uh should be punishable by nothing else than possibly banishment, uh branding or or perhaps hanging. But as it's a first offence, I think we'll 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 have to let it go this time, though it will it will be mentioned at your annual review. Um Thank you very much for your very kind words um i'm glad you enjoyed it the backgrounds thing is really interesting and i like what you were saying there about uh, i think it was daisho you were talking about the the japanese uh, samurai game um where you have a role but also a social class now are those nested roles because obviously certain professions or occupations would only be open to certain people of of specific social classes. Uh, but I suppose that's you're 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 adding a bit more uh, sort of of interest to the to of uh, to the character's background there. Um but uh, yeah, there, I think there there's definitely something in that. Um but thank you very much uh, for your uh, for your kind words and uh, hopefully I'll be able to produce uh, some more stuff of uh, of interest. Uh, thanks again. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Send Three Informants, a semi-regular podcast about gaming, books, and the law. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share, like, and subscribe, and most importantly, tell your friends that you liked it. And if you didn't like this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe, and most importantly, tell your friends that you liked
2: it. Thank you, and goodbye.